What's poppin'? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Real Sports Show, everybody. I'm Mark, aka the Vet. And tonight's show is live on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Yes, we are on live platforms right now, everybody. Thank y'all for joining us tonight on the Real Sports Show. And we're going to get into some topics today. But for one minute for right now, I just want to give an honor to Kobe Bryant, um, and his memorial service that they had for him yesterday. So I just want to give a moment, uh, uh, a peaceful little moment for him and honor his spirit, honor his daughter Gigi from yesterday and, you know, give back to them the respect that they deserve, you know, and shine a little, shine a little light on them. So if y'all could briefly hold on for one minute, uh, a moment of silence just for them too. And I thank y'all for that little moment of silence for Gigi and Kobe Bryant. You know, we did lose them in a helicopter crash uh, in January. And their memorial service was yesterday. And a lot of people, great people, spoke yesterday live on TV at at their memorial service yesterday, though. So I do thank y'all for, you know, that brief moment of silence. Um, Let's get right into it. We're going to start off with our topics of the day, which is a football topic, NFL topics right now. It says here that Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, time is ticking for them on a contract, on a new contract. The two parties apparently haven't talked for a significant amount of time frame. Now, these two entities, you got Dak Prescott, which is supposed to be your quarterback of the future. Also, you had the Dallas Cowboys who are in desperate need of this quarterback and his services. Uh, Cowboys executive president Stephen Jones said on Monday that his team hasn't met or negotiated with in the impending unrestricted free agents since September, according to Michael, uh, I might pronounce his name wrong, Gallagher. Uh, Galekin, of the Dallas Morning News. Jones added that the Dallas that Dallas won't agree to an extension with either Prescott or his fellow free agent Amari Cooper until the collective bargaining agreement rules are determined for 2020. Now, everybody knows that the CBA was not signed indefinitely yet for the new season after 2020. Everybody also knows that the CBA was denied by the Players Association because of the fact of matters of a 17-game season. 
So, and also to the health reasons of the players going forward. That doesn't mean that a contract won't be negotiated. That does not mean that there will not be talks to these two players going forward. That does not mean that these two players are going to sit in free agency for long. Dallas, the time is ticking and testing the free agency market for Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, your time is ticking. That also means that there's a timetable here that if these two walk on free agency, they might get picked up by somebody that needs their services. And Amari Cooper might be going to Philadelphia for his services in Philadelphia because Philadelphia is also eyeballing Amari Cooper and waiting to see what the Dallas Cowboys are going to do with Amari Cooper going into free agency. Now, if Dak Prescott has two options here, and I mean, Dak Prescott has two options here, and Amari Cooper has one option here, or two options here at the same timetable. If Dak Prescott gets a new contract, they can also franchise tag Amari Cooper. Now, if Dak Prescott gets franchise tag, then Amari Cooper can get the transitional tag for one year on his contract with the Dallas Cowboys, which means he'd be playing for the Dallas Cowboys in 2020 and would transition on out in 2021 in the free agency marker. Now, both players were hit was set to hit free agency in 2021, but for right now, both of them are free agents right now because their contract times are up in Dallas for right now. With Dak Prescott coming off his rookie contract, and after seeing his best running back that he has on his team get an almost damn near a $50 million guaranteed contract last year, Dak is looking for the money too as well. And then Amari Cooper is also looking for a little bit of a payday too as well coming on his team too after he didn't help the team out last season. Now, I don't know what will come about of this. I believe that Dak Prescott will be a Dallas Cowboy going forward. I do believe that going forward, Amari Cooper may or may not be going to stand in Dallas. I think his services will be used elsewhere. But if you want Dallas to have a wide receiver, you would need to go get Amari Cooper back in Dallas. And the Dallas Cowboy fans know that. Dallas Cowboy fans know that they want Dak Prescott back on their team. This man has done... His job, he has done his part. He has led them to two NFC East titles. And he's also won two playoff games, being a Dallas Cowboy. He's taken the scene to the to the playoffs and won twice and got put out twice in his career. Now, that doesn't mean that Dak Prescott hasn't done his job of getting him to the Super Bowl. Now, that's the big ultimate test of getting them to the Super Bowl is the big ultimate test for him. Now, I believe if you give him some offensive weapons, I believe if you give him more than he needs, he can get this team to somewhere close to a playoff run, closer to the championship title that they so desperately want and so desperately need to satisfy Jerry Jones in his lifetime. Yes, that is very, very much true. But with Dak's arm, and Dak's mobility of reading defense and his mobility of getting in and out of the pocket and running the ball upfield a little bit 
I mean, his scrambling ability, I should say. This guy here, you you, you want to see him wearing a Cowboys jersey if you're a Cowboy fan. You'll want to see this man come back and be a Dallas Cowboy and not tear you up on the field playing against you all. Now, there, there's a bit a lot of changes in Dallas. Yes, that the head coach was fired. Yes, they have brought in a new head coach. And yes, that Dak Prescott would have to learn the new system. And yes, he says he might hold out this season until he gets a new deal come about. Until a new deal comes about, he might just sit down and just relax and test free agency for real. Now, the contract negotiations are still under. There are no contract talks right now with Dak nor Amari Cooper as of right now. But that does not mean that later on down the road that it wants to have contract talks in Dallas. Now, I do believe Jerry Jones is a businessman. I do believe that Stephen Jones is a businessman. But I also believe that these two will somehow, some way, come together and that their time is ticking on keeping these two players on their team. So we shall see. Going forward, what's going to be happening next? And also, too, is what's, what can be happening with their two contracts going forward? All right. Moving right along from that part, uh, point of standpoint, there are new, there are new um, scouting, I mean, the, uh, M- the NFL scouting I'm sorry, not the scouting, but there are new NFL uh, challenges that are coming about in the NFL, kind of about this year, in the, in the combine this year, in the NFL combine. The NFL combine will consist of 16 new drills that these rookies will have to play, I mean, have to go up against in the NFL combine this year. There is one... That, I mean, there's a lot of things that have been eliminated. There's a lot of drills that has been added to there. One being the new mirror drill and the new screen drill for offensive linemen. The new mirror drill is this. player: The player will line, um, player lines up at a set point between the middle of the two cones, roughly six yards apart, and sa- I mean, slides laterally left and right based on the coach's direction. Drill places emphasis on feet and change of direction, ability of the player with at least four movements, with at least four movements to right and left. Now there's a new screen for offense alignment too as well. Player will set in the pass protection position, then release and sprint toward first coach, holding blocking shield 15 yards wide of the starting point to simulate engage and release action of a screening lineman. If the first coach steps upfield, player must adjust direct, adjust direction and advance to the second coach, at whom he will break down and engage. If the first coach remains stationary, the player will break down and engage him and will not advance to the second coach. Miscellaneous. I mean, miscellaneous drill. Pull drills will include engaging a one-man sled inside of a bag. Inclusion of a rabbit is eliminated in the pass rush drops and pass pro mirror drill with a coach hand motion changing direction of lateral slot in ladder drill. 
I mean, so which means they're texting, they're they're checking on flexibility, whether the player can move up and down the field on offense. As an offensive lineman, can you slide your feet left and right? Can you block? Can you hold a block? Also, it's cha- is is also teaching you or is examining you, I should say. Can you hold that block and do it correctly? That's number two. Also, can you can you hold on to that block while the running back is going forward with the play? Going forward. Can you hold that block and move with the with the defensive lineman that's trying to get to you while the quarterback is scrambling out the pocket with the ball? So these are all new drills that I look forward to seeing. And I also that gonna show look forward to seeing how these offensive linemen are going to come about because the Washington Redskins need an offensive line and they need new linemen, period, on their team. But these drills right here should test their flexibility, their test their mental, test their physical, and test their heart and skills and their flexibility, I should say, moving up and down the field and moving side to side with these drills. Now, now, not just only will the offensive linemen have a new drill, defensive linemen would also have new drills. Running club drill and the running hoop drill, run the hoop drill. The running club running club drill is a five stand up, I mean, five stand up bags are in a vertical line, five yards apart, with the final bag, including arms. The defender will fire out, um, fire out of a three point stance. And run through the bags, clubbing the first, clubbing the first with his right hand, with his right arm, spinning on the second, on the second bag, clubbing the third bag with his left arm, ripping through the fourth bag and flattering downhill to slap the bag with the arms to simulate a strip. So this drill right here is to test the strip, uh, a strip sack of the play of the quarterback. Defensive linemen are. Now trying to, I mean, they're what they're trying to do in the combine is see if you have flexibility to strip the ball from the quarterback, either from behind or in front of the quarterback. Now, these drills as a defense alignment, you will want your defense alignment to be able to get to the quarterback effectively, strip the ball from the quarterback and cause a fumble on the play and be able to re- get the ball back for your offense to go down the field and get, I mean, for your team, I should say, for your team so that the way they can score more points on the board. These drills right here, I love them. And this drill will show more flexibility and more player motion, I should say, on these drills. The next drill is the run and hoop. Run the hoop. Two pass rush hoops are laid on the ground two yards apart, forming a figure eight. Two towels are inside of the hoops, one in each. The player lines up at a start cone to the right of the hoops in a three-point stance, fires off at a movement of a of a ball on a stick, stimulating snap, runs around the first hoop, picks up the towel with his left hand, crosses the second hoop and drops the towel, continues around the second hoop, picks up the towel with his right hand and crosses back to the first hoop and drops the towel before finishing through the start cone. Now, to they eliminated the stack and uh, shed drill and added these two drills to this point. Of, I mean, I'm sorry. 
they eliminated two other drills to get to that point. Now, this run the hoop drill, it only stimulates how fast you can go. That's one. How fast can you get to the towel? That's two. And your ladder of flexibility. All these drills that they're adding to there are simulating real game situations. Can you get around the lineman? Can you go to the left? Can you get to the right of the line of the offensive line? And can you get to the quarterback effectively? All these drills for the defensive linemen are drills that will help you get to the offense. I mean, to the um, quarterback that's on the field that is trying to go downfield with the ball, or that's looking, that's looking out, uh, that's looking downfield, and you want to be able to effectively get to the quarterback and sack the quarterback. These drills right here, I believe, are very, very good. And I believe they will test flexibility. And I think that also, by you adding these drills to this point, you know, and simulating real game time flexibility, you, you, you're going to see what this player is made of. You're going to really actually get a chance to see how effective or the player that you're trying to go after will be going down, I mean, getting on your team. This will also show that if the player is not mobile or if the player is not really flexible, you will also get a chance to see that too going down, I mean, while you're sitting at home watching the combine or why if you're a coach, you will really get a chance to see what this player is truly made of and how effective can he be on your team if you really want to draft him and be on your and for him to be drafted on your team. Now, moving right along forward, I'm going to go to the quarterbacks and the running backs and the receivers right now. The quarterback's new drill will be the end zone fade routes added to routes thrown time smoke and now time smoke or now route drill. Which means now that quarterback now quarterbacks are really, I mean coaches and Owners are really looking at a quarterback right now. They're really looking into quarterbacks really right now. They're trying to see if these quarterbacks can throw a fade route, which is a pass that is into the end zone and effectively see if a receiver can catch it effectively. If your quarterback can throw the football into the end zone effectively to help your wide receiver catch the ball, then that is a good quarter that that may or may not that may or may cause a change in your opinion of that quarterback. See what he can do in a real game time situation of a throw. Because nowadays, the fade route is becoming more modern in, in today's NFL. So you want to be able to see what this quarterback can, what these quarterbacks can do, how good are they. And if you're looking for a quarterback, this might be your territory of looking and seeing if your quarterback is strong enough to throw it in the end zone and effectively get it caught, or can, such as Jim Ball, is he really ready to play football and really get that fade route into the end zone? Can he throw a pass into the end zone and get it completed? You know, because these fade routes are becoming more modern, like I said, into today's NFL, modern NFL. Um, also for running backs, I know I'm skipping over one. I'm trying to hurry up for, you know, get into other things tonight or this morning. Running backs do steadily drill 
inside routes with change of direction added routes I mean added to the routes run. The Deuce Daily drill, named after the named after the former Eagles running back and current assistant coach, Deuce Staley. The drill will involve a running back lining up behind a horizontal step over bag. That is a part of a three of that is a that this is a part of three bags laid to form a cross. The running back will step over the bag in front of him, then laterally over laterally over the bag over the perpendicular bag, then backward over the other horizontal bag before repeating the path in the opposite direction. Coaches lined up eight yards away, holding a pop-up. Dummies will move in coordinated fashion, creating a hole for the running back to identify before exploding through it. The drill is designed to display a running back's ability to use his eyes while navigating physical obstacles as a ball carrier might perform while running an inside zone play, which doesn't create a defined target for the running back but instead the possibility for a number of options to run through. So what this drill is teaching you is how to run through gaps, how to make a gap happen, how to effectively get open as a running back downfield while you're running the ball from, from the offensive alignment. That goal, that whole, the goal of this drill is to show you use your vision Use what you have, use the eyes and see the holes that are being created for you to effectively get a field and score, possibly score a touchdown or get a touchdown I mean, or get a first down on a play or get those extra two yards or six yards that you may may or may not need to get a first down. These drills right here are effective for running backs because of the fact of the matter is that, you know, you want to see what these running backs are made of. You want to be able to see. If your running back is able is able to use his eyes more, use his footwork more, and also be able to get the abilities to be flexible and get through holes very, very quickly in a timely manner. And that's what Deuce Staley was about. He was getting through holes just effectively. He was using his flexibility. He was getting around people. He was making his own holes up. He was going around the pocket. He was going in through the pocket. He would get you a first down if you needed a first down on a on a in the NFL or in a game time situation. He was getting you everything that you needed to go forward with the with with going forward on a drive that you may have in a game. Alright, so for wide receivers Pitch and cone drill and find the ball drill has been eliminated. Receivers now will have to do end zone fade route. Quarterbacks will throw passes to receivers. Same thing as the quarterback end zone fade routes has been added to quarterbacks. Quarterbacks will throw to receivers running 10-yard fade routes to the right side of the end zone, creating a need for the use of pylons in these drills. So, which means that back, that back pylon is, is where you want to be able to get the ball to. Do you want to be able to get make sure a receiver can get two feet in bounds and effectively catch the ball at the same time frame and hold on to the ball at the same time? If your receiver cannot catch the ball and get two feet in the end zone, that is not a touchdown anyway because you know everybody knows that both feet must be in bounds. This is not XFL. This is not college football. You must have two feet in bounds. And basically, your automatic, your what is basically parented to nowadays is 
to receivers like Odell Beckham Jr., who caught an amazing pass on in in the end zone one in one game against. I mean, when he was playing with the Giants. Also, you want to talk about players like um, ah, I can't uh, Antonio Brown, who is a catch his catching abilities with catching the ball right there on the sidelines, two toe tap. I mean, with a toe tap in in bounds, getting both feet in bounds while catching the football for a touchdown while he was in a game game time situation. So. These fade routes, like I said, everybody, are becoming modern in the NFL today. So you want to be able to see what your receivers can do. You want That's why a lot of wide receivers out there today are taking ballet lessons to see if they can get those two toe taps in the end zone. Can they catch the, can they catch the pass in the end zone? What I would say they should do is get the cornerbacks out there. Can the cornerbacks help stop some of these fade routes in the end zone. Add a little bit more competition to the fade routes in the end zone. Let these people go out there and compete while they're at the combine. Don't let the just don't let the cornerbacks go out there and just, you know, sit on the sidelines. No. Have them line up. Have them go out there and try to see if they can actually stop a pass in the end zone. Have them see what they can do out there as a corner and protect the end zone. That's just my personal opinion on that. I think that 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 will actually be more effective than what they're doing now, which is these new drills that they're putting into there and stopping fade routes going forward. Now, a new report just came out today that Chase Young will not take part in combine drills today, but he will take part in the Ohio State's Pro Day, March 25th reports, I mean, uh, March 25th. Now, I was very excited to see Chase Young go in the, comp, in the NFL Combine this year. I was actually excited to see him in the Combine, see what he can do in the NFL Combine, and actually take a part into it because of the fact of the matter is that, you know, I want to see what his mobility is like. I want to see what his flexibility is like. If he's coming to the Washington, I want to be able to see what he's all about on t- on TV. I want to be able to go see what he can do, not just in the game, but what can you do in these obstacles that have just been added to the NFL Combine for 2020. Now, not only was Chase Young this 6'5", 265-pounder, defensive end was expected to be among the most impressive athletes at the Combine, but the consensus top three pick may want to mitigate risks ahead of the draft. Now he was in 2019. He he made it. Um, he broke the Buckeyes' single season sack record uh, with 16 and a half sacks during his junior year. Washington still in the mock draft is still going after Chase Young with the number two overall pick that they have. Now I am very, like I said, I am very very shocked about this. It just broke news this, to, uh, this afternoon that he will not be joining anybody in the NFL Combine this year. But he will do all the medical stuff. Um, he will do anything else that uh, he will skip the workout plan, the workout drills or whatever the case may be as though. But he will do medicals at the event which started Sunday and ends on March the 2nd. 
and interviews too as well. So I'm very excited to see that part. Now I can see if he was a quarterback, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I could tell that, yeah, whatever the case may be is. But you're not a quarterback. You're definitely a, a defensive end. And I definitely wanted to see you in the NFL Combine. But since I'm not, and we got to wait till your pro day at the Buckeyes College, we'll wait for pro day to see what's going on. Now, reportedly, Panthers are moving forward with Cam Newton. His health report came back positive that he's healthy and ready to go. And he will be the starting quarterback for Carolina this year, moving forward to 2020 on his last last year of his contract. Now, I know a lot of you fans out there for Carolina are very excited to hear that. Yeah. And I also know that a lot of fans out there are very, uh, are not too happy about that because of what they saw last year. But Cam Newton is a very effective quarterback. He can get you running yards. He can also throw the ball downfield when healthy. Cam Newton is a very extraordinary quarterback. He's big. He's strong. He's He's mobile, and in my opinion, he reminds me of Donovan McNabb, with, but with a little bit of Vic feet work, you know, with his footwork. That's what I, what I think of Cam Newton, with a little bit of Michael Vick's fit, uh, footwork. Now, but the upper body strength of Donovan McNabb to get the ball downfield. But even though he's been in injury prone for the last couple seasons, though, but they said that now rehabbing his foot injury that he had, ensuring he returns to top form, he will be game ready for he will be game ready come August or come September. He will be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Now, this right here, meaning that he will be a Carolina Panther for maybe another couple years. Or he might be on his last thing in his contract and then Carolina might just move on from Cam Newton. But we'll see this year if he stays healthy. Can he move forward? And can he get the ball downfield effectively? And can he be the same Cam Newton that we all once loved and knew from years ago, from when they made their playoff run, from when they went to the Super Bowl? Can he make this Cam Newton, can this Cam Newton come back and be effective like he was before? Only time will tell. Only time we'll see going forward. In other news today, that was just some of the news today also. Now, it, 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 it's shocking to me. We're going to move on to a little bit in, in, to the NBA right now. Ben Simmons is out at least, is going to be out for at least two weeks with a nerve impingement that he suffered. It wasn't indefinite. I mean, it wasn't indefinite, but there was a chance that he was going to be out for the entire season that they had came out. The last report that I had read that came out that said he was going to be out indefinitely. I mean, not indefinitely, but he was going to be out on, I mean, out for the rest of the season. But results from the MRI were expected back Tuesday after he missed Monday's game against the Atlanta Hawks. Simmons, I mean, Simmons suffered a, the injury in Saturday's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. He will now undergo daily treatment and rehab for after consulting with several internal and external specialists, according to 
um, uh, according to ESPN, it was it is not great news for the 76ers squad that that has been struggling to find consistency as of lately. Philly, um, Philly's four points. I mean, Philly is four point three points better per hundred possessions of, uh, offensively with Simmons on the floor this season. Now. However, there is little expectation he will be ready to return to action after two weeks. There is little. There's been little expectation that he will be returning. Now, the last report that I said that he came that it came out was that he will be gone for the remainder of the season. Now, this report says he might be back in two weeks. We'll know later on down the weeks, later on down the line, if he will come back. Now, I have to give a shout-out to my big man, the, the big boy, uh, Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill amazed me, and in his last 80 minutes of basketball, this man has scored over 50 points. He, you know, he's been beast-molding it. He's been doing a lot of different things, he, but this team still has not been moving effectively throughout Throughout this season, this team has just still been spiraling downward and this team needs to be built back up. Now, I've been thinking and I've been telling a lot of people also, too, is that I think John Wall, when he's healthy, I think once we get Thomas Bryant back, I think once we get back a lot of good players that we drafted this year or last year back on this team, healthier and stronger. I think the same could do some lot of damage next year. Bradley Bill has been holding down the fort for two seasons now. He scored 55 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. And he's averaging, his season averages is of 30 points and six assists a game. Every game that he's been doing. So this man has been doing his job, even though I think he's in revenge mode because he didn't get the nod for... All-Star Weekend, though, which we all know he should have been an All-Star this year, but he didn't get the All-Star Weekend. He didn't get, he didn't get a chance to play an All-Star game this year. So I think he's taking out his revenge this year, I mean, for the remainder of the season. And in rights, he should, though. But it is what it is. We're going to keep moving forward with Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill is a Washington Wizard, in case people didn't know. And this man... It's not easy to take stock of everything that transpires on a busy night in the NBA, particularly in these dog days of the season. Great performance, individual moments of brilliance can fail through, I mean, fall through the cracks and be lost in a sea of highlights and sound bites or pregame runaways, wrestling gimmicks. But across the uh, across a back to back and the, and that tip off Sunday night. In Chicago and ended with Bradley Bill with Bills Wizards hosting the league's leading Bucks on Monday. The 26-year-old went off for 53 and 55 points, joining legends named Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bernard King as the only players to score at least 50 points on a consecutive days in the association. So Bradley Bill has been doing a lot lately in this league and for this team a lot lately. And I just wanted them to stay healthier throughout this season. And I wanted them to stay healthy through next season because we're getting John Wall back next year 
for this, I mean, for the up and coming season coming up this year in October, we're going to have John Wall back. We're going to have a healthier team this year. And whoever we're getting in the draft this year, in the NBA draft this year, which is going to happen in June, whoever we're getting in the draft this year, they're going to be another addition to the team. And hopefully it's a bench. Hopefully this these people can come off the bench and score points on the on the court because our starting five lineup is going to be dangerous. I think they're going to be dangerous. I think they're going to be in competition for the East this next year. I mean, not saying that they're going to win out in the East. They're going to be number one in the East next year. No, I'm not saying that though. But what I am saying is they can be in the top eight next year in the in in the NBA. They can be in the top eight. Talking about in the East. Or a team that can make a playoff run next year in the East. So we have to wait and see these things. We have to really wait and see what benefactors are going to come out next year. Is John Wall going to be healthy next year? Can his team stay healthy next year? And can his team keep pushing forward for better for a better season next season? And if this team does not move on from John Wall, which I hopefully they don't, or they don't try to trade Bradley Bill to some other team like the Lakers or whatever the case may be is. Even though I like even though I would love to see him on another team though, but Bradley Bill's heart and soul should be here with the Washington Wizards and trying to help this team get over at least a thirty year drought that we have seen without a championship ring. The last time this team has won a championship was when they were called the Washington Bullets. Never have they won a title being the Washington Wizards. They have never won a title being the Washington Wizards. So it's time to bring a championship home. It's time to go out there and shine and get a ring for this team. It's time for these All-Stars to go out there and really try to do something positive for this team and bring a ring home. You, the Washington Redskins, the Wizards and the Redskins are they're salting right now. They're, they're, they're holding out D.C. right now. These are the two men's sports, two men's sports, but you have the WNBA that has, you have the Mystics that won their title. You have the Capitals that won their title. You have now the Nationals that won their title. Two major, three major sports in DC have won the title already. I need the Redskins to wake up in DC. I need the, I need the the Wizards to wake up in D.C. I need this team to stay healthy through 82 games and get to the playoffs and knock out teams in the playoffs and come hungry next season. This season has already been put in the drag route. You know, I already see this season already being put to shame. I don't particularly see them winning a playoff spot this year or taking the number eight seed this year. But what I'm saying is that we should be fighting for that next season. We should be wanting to go forward next season for a playoff spot next year. We should be wanting to do these things, not strive. I mean, striving to do these things. We should be wanting to do better, not just take a subpar route and everything that we're doing. We should be wanting to exceed expectations for next season, set a goal, set set standards for next season that we're not going down without a fight next year. We're not going down without a fight next season. This season is ours. This season is up for grabs. And I want to face the best of the West or whatever the West Coast can bring out of the West and it be the Wizards in the finals, whether it's a win, lose, or draw situation here. 
I want to see who's going to win it out from East versus West, whether it's the Wizards versus Lakers, Wizards versus Clippers, Wizards versus the Golden State Warriors, however the case may be is, we need to start seeing these this Wizards team grow and combine together, come together and start clicking on the same page. We need to start seeing these things. And if we don't start seeing these things, fans is going to really start to boo and really stop buying tickets to go see the games just like they did the Washington Redskins this year. I mean, the last season. They stopped buying tickets. They stopped going to games. They stopped showing They stopped showing it on TV. Their arena being filled. They're going to stop doing it. Fans are really going to start to boo. If they haven't already started now. We have to get back on the same page here. We have to get back where... The Wizards used to be at where this team was making the playoff runs, where they were making strides and efforts to to gel this team together. Scott Brooks is tired of looking at this team and going to the playoffs and losing out in the playoffs in a potential game seven situation or a game six or game five or whatever game you get put out in. We're tired of looking at that. We need to start going forward in the playoffs. We need to get out of the first round, get out of the second round. We need to be able to get to that third round of the playoffs and make a stride to do something better. We have to make these strides. We have to make this thing come about. We have to want to do something bigger than what DC is standing for. And I believe they have the abilities to do it. I really highly do. I really think that this Wizards team this season coming about will have the will have a roster put together that Scott Brooks can't even imagine how to put this team together and make this team gel together and how to make a family of this team to get to a championship, to make this a championship team in the next two years or the next year or so. But we in D.C. and Maryland and VA, we need to see a Wizards winning team. We need to see a team that is on a stride to win basketball games. We need to see this team go out there and do something bigger. We need to see it. We we we're we're in a drought. We're 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 in we're not rebuilding. We shouldn't be rebuilding. You you got the the pieces to the puzzle. You know you're just missing a couple pieces right now due to injury. But we need to see more consistency with this team. We need to see better effort from this team. Bradley Bill is putting on a 50-point performance right now. Bradley Bill is out there scoring points. So that means John Wall, all he needs to do is go out there and facilitate that and score the extra baskets that he needs to put on the court. On the court. We need your 25 points a game. We need your 50 points a game. We need a player that can go out there and, and dish out the ball effectively. We need that playmaker back on our team. We need the ball we need the ball handler that we need on this team, which is John Wall to come back healthier, stronger, and wiser. All these theatrics that's in the locker room, we need to cut that out. It's time to move forward. It's time to get better. It's time to get stronger. It's time to motivate your team to want to go to greatness. It's time to get to that second round of the playoffs and pray to God that you guys can get out of the playoffs and get out of the second round and go to the third round of the playoffs. It's been a disaster in D.C. It's been a disaster for this team for the past couple seasons, but we see the potential. And I think that's why the fan base hasn't really left, though, because we see the potential that this team can offer you. 
We see the potential on the court. We see more things from this team that we haven't seen in a while, though, but we see the potential. And like I said before, if you see potential or if you see something that it can go somewhere that has the stride, all you need is a facilitator or all you need is a miss. All your missing pieces is as a center or you need a strong, small forward. You have all them pieces right now. You have everything you potentially could need or could want to deal with. All we have to do is go out there and potentially just do what we have to do to get to the playoffs. You understand what I'm saying? That's all it is. We didn't lose to the Bucks horribly. We didn't lose to the Bucks at all, like, that badly. And I doubt if anybody would say that, though, because Bradley Bill put on a highly great performance that night, and the Wizards only lost by what, two points? I mean, three points in that game? They only lost by three points. And the game went to overtime. So this team right here can put up the points. This team right here is, is dominant. This team is dominant. This team can put down the Milwaukee Bucks. All they needed was an extra stride. All they needed was an extra push. All they needed was somebody else to come off the court, come off the um come on the court and actually put up four extra points and they could have won this game. You know, you need a dog in the fight. You need somebody that was that could be good in this fight. The Wizards only shot, their field goal percentages was only 48% in this game. Three-point percentages in this game was 42%. 75%, they was 75% shooting from the free throw line in this game. Rebounds was 41 to 45. Offensive rebounds, 6 to 4. They grabbed more rebound, more offensive rebounds than the Milwaukee Bucks. Assists, 27 to 26 assists a game, um, in the game. The Wizards was winning that battle. Eight steals in this game by the Wizards. Blocks, four by Milwaukee. Turnover ratio. We got to bring down the turnover ratio. Um, 17 turnovers in the game, is it, it's not great. If we could bring that down a little bit, though, that would be even better. Fouls per person. I mean, fouls on a person. 27 fouls in the game, you got to bring that down. If we could bring that down in the game, we'll have a better shot of beating the Milwaukee Bucks next time we play them on, a, on our home court. These are the things that we need to look forward to. These are the things that we need to go out there and dominate and win against. These are the things that we need to work on as a team and get out there and start playing better basketball for the upcoming season. And I'm starting to really think that once this team gets effectively effective, these turnover ratios down and start limiting fouls on the court, I think this team could be a lot better and build up that field goal percentages, that field goal percentage to about 52, 55%. You'll see a better team come next season. Come next season, if they're averaging 52, 55% in, on a, in a game in a field goal rating, you'll start seeing a better team. Chris Middleton was with 40 points, five rebounds, five assists, and three steals in this game. Bradley Bill had 55 points, two rebounds, three assists in this game. Got a star pass. I mean, he was a hot hand in the game. He had the hot hand. He was carrying this team on his back, doing the same thing, some of the same things that John Wall was doing. But this Wizards team is only 20 and 36. They're the ninth. They're in ninth place right now in the East. 
But sitting in ninth place right now in the East is not going to get you into, you know, it's not going to get you into the playoffs. Right now, the Orlando Magics is holding down the eighth seed in the in the playoff run right now as the Wizards are sitting at number nine. Not bad, but they got to do better. It's not a bad thing, but they can do better. They're five. They're six games out of eighth place. They're six games out of eighth place. If they can win and the Orlando Magic's lose, you know, their next seven games, then the Wizards have a potential shot at making the AC in the playoff run. And all they got to do is hold on to that playoff run and they can make the playoffs this year. But the team that they will have to face will be the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks is not playing this year. And I really think that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to go up against the Lakers this year in the in the playoffs this year, in the finals this year. I just highly think that I, I really think that Milwaukee is time is, is ready to step up. I really think that Milwaukee is ready and hungry. And with Giannis on the Kupo on their team as their center and shooting three pointers out of nowhere, this team is hungry and ready. They hold the they hold the best record in the NBA right now. They're the better team in the NBA right now with only the Lakers being four games behind. The Clippers have fallen. The Denver Nuggets are right behind the, the Lakers right now. But with that all being said, I do highly think that it's going to be Lakers versus Milwaukee Bucks in the in the finals this year. And I'm making a game prediction right now just just making a bold prediction right now. And Toronto is creeping up on the Milwaukee Bucks right now for first place. And they're only seven games behind them. Boston is nine and a half games behind the, uh, the Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. The Heat are 13 games behind out of first place. Like I said, Boston is nine and a half games out of first place right now. These teams can go out there and actually put on a performance, beat out a couple teams, and actually make game first place. It's not that bad. 49 and 8, you could do something with that. You can you can you can extend it or you can lose first place. And but I don't really think that the Milwaukee Bucks are gonna leave first place. I really highly think that the two first place teams from the Eastern Conference from the East from the East and the West will meet up. And they will play in in the finals this year. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a long road in the playoffs. And a lot of teams got to come hungry. And they got to be willing to fight. They got to be willing to put up their fight this year. And they got to come hungry. Giannis is hungry for his first title. And the Milwaukee Bucks are ready for their title. These teams have to come hungry. The Lakers are coming hungry because they're doing it for Kobe Bryant. And LeBron James' legacy in LA right now but the only thing that might be holding LeBron James back may be Kawhi Leonard in the West and the LA Clippers and a Paul George in the West and the LA Clippers Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are hungry dogs in the West they're coming hungry the Houston Rockets are hungry because James Harden is ready for his first ring Russell West Russell Wilson I mean Russell Westbrook is hungry for his first ring with these two combined, two ball hogs combined, they're only sitting in fourth place right now, seven games out of first place right now in the West. And 
OKC is not doing that bad without Russell uh, Russell Westbrook being on the team because you got Chris Paul, which is the facilitator and knows what to do and has a championship mindset to be on the team. These teams, Portland, not too bad, though, even though my boy is out right now. And he probably just making music right now, though. But, you know, it is what it is, though. But this team is hungry. This team is ready to go forward. And with Damian Litter being out right now with with an injury, it's kind of holding this team back a little bit, though. But Carmelo is guiding this team, too, as well. Because he also has a championship mindset, though, too. And he's also hungry. And he won his first ring, so he can go ahead and retire. A lot of teams are out here hungry. And you got to come hungry and you got to come ready to play. If you don't come ready to play, then it's, there's nothing out there for you. There's nothing out there for you to do. So, with that all being said, I'm going to shift gears to something else that's, that's potent right now. And going back to Kobe Bryant a little bit, though, I know I should have said this for the beginning, though, but I should have said this in the beginning, but I did not. Vanessa Bryant is suing the helicopter company involved in the deadly crash. News broke today. I mean, news broke yesterday about it and today about it. Um, Kobe Bryant's widow, Vanessa, has filed a lawsuit against the company that owned the helicopter involved in the twenty in the January 26th crash that killed her husband and her daughter, Gianna, and seven others, according to Associated Press. The lawsuit states that the pilot in the crash was negligent and careless. According to TMZ, Island Express was only permitted to fly under visual flight rules, VFR, aviation terminology that means pilots must keep the ground in sight at all times, and that the conditions in the Los Angeles Basin on that day of the crash were not conducive for such flying. So who is at fault for this? We're looking at, they're looking into it, and everybody's saying that the pilot was at fault, that the pilot was punished back in 2014. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I believe it was 2015 or 2014, that the pilot was, you know, the pilot was, uh, was, um, the lawsuit, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'll read it again. The lawsuit also cites the Federal Aviation Administration records um, that state that the pilot Arya Zabalbia, or whatever his last name is, I can't pronounce it correctly, was disciplined in 2015 for violating um, the minimums by flying into an airspace reduced visibility. The helicopter crashed into a hillside in foggy conditions in the Calabas, California, while the flight's passengers were on their way from Orange County to the Mamba Sports Academy for a youth basketball game. So who was at fault in this thing? Was it the pilot's fault or was it not the pilot's fault is the question. But in my state of mindset, is I believe that the pilot was at fault in this. I do highly believe that the pilot was at fault because of the fact of the matter is that if you were already known that these there were flight restrictions in this going forward, you should have never took you should have never took off, and you should have never have you should never flown Kobe Bryant or his family 
or none of the family victims in that weather condition. Now, I understand that this man has done has had over 15,000 hours of flight time and this man has done a lot of time in flight school. I mean, done his trip uh, plenty of times in these conditions like this, though. But for it, the conditions to be the way they were, I'm hold him accountable for this, though. But I have to we have to all wait and see what the evidence prove. We have to all wait and see what more comes about after this thing comes after everything comes about. And what were, what was really going on and what really happened on that day, on January 26th of 2020. We had to really see what goes, what happened in that. Um, I just want to let everybody know that I want to thank everybody that supported this show. I really want to thank everybody that has supported the show by donating ninety nine cent, four ninety nine or nine ninety nine on the show. I really thank y'all and I appreciate you guys for supporting the show and listening to the show. Um, let's keep the ratings going up. Let's keep boosting up this, this this listeners. Let's get it out there. Let's get let's promote this show a lot more than we're doing. Let's do a little bit more. Let's have that mentality of promoting more. Let's do more. Let's get it out there more. Let's let's show some spirit around here. Let's show a lot of things. Um, like I said, leave voice comments on the show. Leave leave messages behind on the show. Let me know what y'all think about the show. Let me know what y'all think in the comments below on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or whatever the case may be is. Thank y'all. I love y'all so much. Thank y'all for listening to the show today. I hope y'all got a little bit of information out of this show today. Um, you know, all it is is growth. Every time I do the show, it's just growth. And if I haven't shown you guys that I've grown a lot doing this show, then I will do better. I will do a lot better than I was beforehand. And I'm going to do a lot better going forward with this show on Apple Podcasts and any podcast format that we're going on this show with. Um, Thank y'all again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all stay tuned for the show next Wednesday, 9 a.m. The show will be posted tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. In the morning at 9 a.m., everybody. So please, 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 please. Keep spreading the love around. Keep liking the show. Keep commenting about the show. Keep showing the love to the show and everybody. And I'll talk to y'all next Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. in the morning, everybody. One love. This has been another edition of The Real Sports Show. I'm Mark, a.k.a. The Vet. I love y'all, and I'll see y'all, and I'll talk to y'all next Wednesday, 9 a.m. in the morning, everybody. Peace. This show has been brought to y'all by iHeartRadio, Apple, and Google Podcasts, everybody. Thank y'all for listening. I appreciate it. New theme song coming soon, everybody. New theme song coming soon.